Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Wes and Walker Show. I've got another restaurant we haven't talked about, too. Let me just throw out a little sagebrush for you. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's West Sagebrush. They used to be in Winston, too. Shout out to Cactus Jacks in uh, Winston-Salem. And Walker. What it's makes no me there. laugh is Fitty being so seduced by some of these restaurants. Right. Let me throw Sagebrush. Oh, my God. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Throw the peanuts. Yes, Walker. Sagebrush. Yeah. o'clock on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Just got to see Kyle Bailey roll in the studio. You can hear him on the call tonight on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You know why? Because high school football is back and it all gets started Thursday night. That's tonight for all of you who forgot what day of the week it is. It's the 2023 high school football kickoff night powered by Ortho Carolina. Action begins at 515 with Cox Mill facing off against Weddington. You're going to be on the call for that one, right, Fitty? You're going to be doing color alongside play-by-play announcer Anthony Flounder Pagnata. Yeah, you get a little Flounder and Fitty on high school football. Throwing us back to our job before we got here to the station. So, uh... Expect Pretty big, excited. Expect big things at 515 from Flounder and Fitty on the call. That's also, a quick turnaround, man, after the show's over. 100%. You got to cram, baby. All gas, no brakes. No, that's how Fitty <laughs> lives his life. Also, at 8 p.m., you can hear Independence versus Mallard Creek. Live from Memorial Stadium, head to cltkickoffweekend.com for tickets and more information. cltkickoffweekend.com. Fitty, we got more responsibility for you. Live wire after a Fitty flash, right before you call a high school game tonight. Let's get to the live wire in between. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. All right. So there's no denying that the NFC South is the most up in the grabs division this year in the NFL, which has led a lot of people to have differing opinions who could win the division. Some locally believe Carolina can. National people lend more towards New Orleans, and Atlanta is starting to get some run. Don't know if you guys are familiar with the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio, but his producer, his producer, Ryan Hickey, was filling in for him last night, and he believes that the Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they could win the NFC South. Who is back, I think, is Baker Mayfield on the Bucks. This is the first time... In a few years, he has a full offseason with a team, and he's healthy. I think to me that's going to equate to him leading the Bucks to the NFC South round. Baker is getting the Bucks back into the playoffs, and I think he's going to have a little bit of a renaissance year himself. I like the weapons that they have with Chris Godwin, with Mike Evans. Not promising coming out of practice today with Russell Gage getting potentially seriously hurt. So that could be a weapon that, you know, Baker could be missing here. But I like the fact that Baker, I think, if he's put in the right system and, and given the right opportunity, still has a lot of success left in him. What do you think about that take, that Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks, despite not having Tom Brady, your boy, they'll be just fine with Baker over there? I mean, you could look at it at this point and say, is it going to be the Baker from the Browns that uh, had 
such early success? Or is it going to be the Baker we've seen from the last few years? I mean, he did go 8 of 9 with a touchdown in their preseason game. Don't think the Buccaneers have quite the running game necessarily either to support him. They do have some receivers. I could see Baker having a decent year, but no. I do not see them uh, as a real NFC South contender. Do love, though, that they have Sean Tucker from Syracuse in their backfield. He could end up solving those running back woes. But no, I, I don't see it. With Baker Mayfield Man. and the Buccaneers. Arr! I mean, I think he had plenty of time with the Carolina Panthers to work it out here. And this is always what I talked about with Baker. I thought he was going to be better than Sam Darnold. Even with me not loving the whole rotating retread QB things, I did think he was going to be better than Sam Darnold. But this I guy know, bro. Missing easy throws. It's not about, yeah, McAdoo, not the greatest offensive coordinator in the world. McAdoo. No doubt. I'm happy to move on from him. But also, he was missing wide open throws. He has one good game, unbelievable, because he goes over to the L.A. Rams. They're in dire need of a starting quarterback within like a couple of days worth of time. And so they let him loose, and Baker Mayfield plays well enough to win a game for the Rams just a, what, a couple of days on that roster. Yes. It, was, it was crazy. Deserves all the credit. And then they moved on from him because he didn't give you that anymore. Kyle Trask, there are reports about him possibly taking that starting job away from mm -hmm. Baker. We had those reports out there. Can't buy into it, especially with a lot of talent leaving that organization, too. It's not just Tom Brady. I'm not buying it, Fitty. I think the problem is, is that, like, he showed more swag the other night in that preseason game against Pittsburgh than he showed in his 12 or so weeks here at Carolina. Like, we thought we were going to get motivated, ticked off, prove it Baker Mayfield. Now, we got pouting, put in timeout, Baker Mayfield. Like, look, I know you lost your house and everything. You would have thought you would have shown for one to work your ass off. That didn't happen. And uh, that's why we started four different quarterbacks last year. I you think it all worked out. You did say producer real quickly. I'm not here to make fun of you. I think you are because you brought it up. What I am here <laughs> to say is that if you are a godlike producer, I love the nickname a producer. I'm just saying. If you <laughs> oh! Want, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, I like that. I, I'm not here to make fun of you. I'm saying we just fell backwards into what is a great nickname, especially if you consider yourself a godlike producer. Producer, take us away. As a man that's a renowned man of faith. <laughs> you know it's bad when you've said that three times yeah. in a week. Um, I don't want to, you know, put myself on that same pedestal. But now you have the minister of culture up here, and mm -hmm. then you have the producer. <laughs> I love the producer. I really do. Yeah, and so now we just need to find something for you as well. Yeah, there's got to be something out there. I'm sure we stumbled into minister of culture, too. There's, there's so many bad ones, though. Like, Slim is the one that continues to stick around. I'll get a lanky ass on the text line every now and then. <laughs> Bird from Lenore, that's which is your burner account on the text line. You can't tell me otherwise. Those don't hit like the producer minister of culture. Those are a lot, a lot better nicknames. Producer, hit us with the next live wire. All right. So going into the preseason, I guess all offseason long, Sam Howell was projected to be the starting quarterback for the commanders going into 2023. And Ron Rivera, who's done a, a lot of talking this offseason, some has been good, some of it has been bad. Says he still needs to evaluate Sam more before he makes that decision. I got to sit down with, with, with both Eric and Sam, or actually, uh, Eric and DeVita, and really evaluate it and, and make sure you know he's doing the things that we need him to do. And, and, and yesterday he had a really good day. We're really pleased with it uh, after having watched the tape. 
and we'll see how it is after we get a chance to watch this tape together. You know, we're, we're traveling today, so we'll sit down tomorrow and, and, and go through it and, and talk about Sam and, 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 and really just evaluate that um, and evaluate Jacoby as well. I mean, Jacoby did some really good things too, so we feel really comfortable about the quarterback room right now. Has it not just been weird that, uh, like, you know, Jacoby Brissett, he's from quarterback you, position you, if you will, according <laughs> to ESPN and the Western Well, they missed Walker out, show. actually. They missed out. Yeah, barely, but you're right. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, like, and look, I love Sam, and I want him to be a starting quarterback <clears throat> somewhere other than Washington. I have found it weird, though, that, like, Jacoby Brissett was never really given a chance to, I guess, win the job. Um, that didn't sound like the most ringing endorsement for Sam Howe. Also, I'm like, coaches, all you guys do is watch tape and evaluate constantly. So uh, I wasn't sure to make what to make of his assessment there. But Sam did go 9 of 12 with a touchdown, 77 yards uh, as well on the day, 8 yards rushing. So uh, we'll see how it progresses. I think he's still going to end up being the starter. If you have to go into the season with Jacoby Brissett as your starter, I mean, he's a good backup, but you know your season is going in the tank if you have to start Jacoby Brissett for the year. I feel good about Sam Howell this year. I like Sam Howe coming out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people held what he did in 2021 against him. He threw for 500 less yards than really what he did in 19 and 20. He threw for 24 touchdown passes, nine interceptions, both worse marks than what he had the previous two years. The offensive line was also horrible. And it was a lot worse than what it had been the two previous seasons. I think Sam Howe is going to go out there and actually perform pretty well. And I love Terry McLaurin. I think he is maybe the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Oh, he's huge. I mean, he's phenomenal, and I think Sam Howell is going to be able to work with him. Also, they have his college buddy in De'Ami Brown Mm -hmm. over there in Washington. And Jahan Dotson looks like he's going to be a stud, 100%. And this is the thing about Washington. You like their roster. It's all about the quarterback position. If Sam Howell has enough talent around him, and he has Eric Bieniemy as an offensive coordinator. I know that apparently they're being soft and they don't like some of the stuff Bieniemy is selling them. They're be- he's being too hard on some of those guys, according to some players. But still, a bright offensive mind. If you were to tell, if you were to ask me what I think Sam Howe is going to do this year, I think he's going to play well enough to have them in contention for maybe a wild card spot, especially in a weak NFC. Ooh. Yep, weak NFC. Wow. And I think that he's going to play well enough to be the starter next year. That's my Sam Howe take. Okay. Wow. Yeah, 100%. I'm rolling with it. What else you got, Vinny? not prepared for that. All right. Um. So, earlier this week at Colorado's uh, Buffalo's, their, 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 their fall camp is well underway. A fight broke out. And that's nothing new. I mean, heck, we even fight before, during, and even after the show uh, sometimes. And first-year head coach at Colorado, Deion Sanders, he got on his offensive uh, players for – not being involved in the team fight? He just fought. I seen two of y'all walking off over there. And you got a key teammate fight. What they do to that? Nowhere. Nowhere. Not what here. they do to that? Not Nowhere. here. <laughs> in one fight, we all fight. You understand that? No, I don't want to see y'all walking off when somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. Oh, walk off. Love it. I mean, I'm here for it all day long, man. If the smoke is coming, you got to get in the chimney with the rest of the guys, man. You can't be having that. 
I was big on that. If you mess with one of my teammates, it's on and popping. But what I'm if it's a fight between it. teammates? Then, uh, yeah, I'm at least going to run out there, especially if, I mean, it depends. If it just stays between those two, but then if everybody starts running out there, then you have to at least go out there and get near the fray. You might not throw a punch. You might not push anybody, but you've at least got to be in proximity so that if it pops off, you're ready to pop. No, you can't just run away. You got to go over there and at least pull one guy off the other. Yeah, yeah. You got to break it up because if it's an in if it's an in team fight, then you got to break it up. Exactly. If it's not, I'm with you. Like you can't just run off to law. All right, see y'all. Hey, y'all tell me who won. Peace. Bye. Like you can't do all that. Now, if somebody does something dumb and they run into the huddle and they want to start doing some stuff, then it might escalate. Because everybody has that one friend that's a liability to bring out in public. Right. And they're going to bring up some stuff that might just start a fight out in public that you want no part of. And then you feel obligated to be a part of the fight because that's your boy at the end of the day. Yeah. Is, am I hitting home with anybody out there? Because I feel like that ha- every friend group has that one guy that's a liability to bring out in public. Oh, I'm that guy. I, yeah, I was looking, agree I was with looking that 100%. At <laughs> I was looking right at you as I said that. <laughs> Any other live wire topics you want to get to? Oh, yeah. I wanted to get to this yesterday. So, you remember back in the first round, the wild card round on the NFL playoffs, Al Michaels called a dramatic come-from-behind win for the Jaguars over the Chargers. And he drew some criticism for his lack of enthusiasm, right? Do y'all remember this? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was. I mean, he was talking mad trash about some of these boring games that he had to call. So, in, a, in an article you can find on Awful Announcing, the veteran play-by-play man, he is fired back. Michael said, "Quote: Look, I'll take some bleep. People say he didn't get excited enough. What do you want me to do? Scream, holler, yell the game? That ain't me. That ain't Joe Buck." That ain't Jim Nance. I can't pay attention to anti-social media. We live in a country with 330 million people. And if eight people rip you on social media, I'm going, huh? Now somebody sitting in a basement has a platform. Let me just bring back that game-winning field goal kick that sent the Jaguars to the division around the playoffs. Because I think the criticism, it was justified. Here we go for the win. (laughs) Already. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. All right, does the penalty marker give him a little grace, though? Because if there's a penalty marker, then you don't want to go all out on a call that isn't going to isn't going to decide anything in the long run. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, a little bit because he has to figure out what, what's going on. But he could still – I've heard him give so many great calls. And so the thing is, is that – even if there is a flag, you, you've heard him do those type of calls where he's like, you know, that's the end of the game, but there's a flag on the yeah. play. Like something like that. What Give me a little have? bit more energy. What would you rather have? Would you rather have him just go full final game call and then have to rescind it because the flag goes against the winning team or play it safe? Yeah, like I'd he rather did. empty the clip and then have to pull it back in. I mean, I, I'm trying to look at this from the perspective of a Jaguar fan. How many times is Al Michaels calling your game? And you just completed a 27-point comeback in the postseason. Your your young quarterback gets his first playoff win. And the play-by-play announcer is just like, well, here we go. I do love here we go. <laughs> like, I do love that. Ow, if you don't, if, if, if the Amazon Prime package has sucked the life out of you, then just retire, bro. 
They can much. find somebody else to call them crappy games. He is so over it. He is. And and it's not even just that game, to your credit. There are plenty of other games. Um, all right, that'll do it for the live wire. We'll move on. We'll give you the best case and worst case scenario for some of the locally ranked college football teams. What's the best case, worst case since us? I can't even talk. Scenario for Clemson and North Carolina, Wake, NC State, Duke. It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Man, that still is hit. I'm sorry. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials. Hit that follow button. We've got questions of the day for you every day. We've been having questions for different topics. And today's question of the day on our socials as well is what is your favorite Carowinds roller coaster? We've been talking about that ad nauseum today. That was a ba- that was a great segment. You can definitely hit us up on the Twitter and Instagram of WFNZ at Walker Mail, at Wes and Walker, at HTB underscore Josh, and at Wes Bryant on Twitter and Instagram, but especially the Wes and Walker page on Twitter. <laughs> Let's talk about it. College football, best and worst case scenarios for some of our local squads. And we're going to start this thing off with the Clemson Tigers. What is the best case scenario, in your opinion, Walker Mail? Yeah, if we just want to go simple, they have a real best case scenario of getting to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I heard the Paul Feinbaum, notorious ACC hater and SEC enthusiast. Discuss how he thinks Clemson is actually going to make the college football playoff this year. Wow. And with the Tigers potentially being a top four team with better quarterback play, even with me not being 100% sold that he's going to be Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson, it's too much of an ask. I don't even know if Clemson fans think he's going to do that, right? But I do feel pretty confident that he's going to be better than what DJU showed. I think the passing game in general, especially with Riley Leonard as the offensive coordinator, I think the offense is going to be better. And Wes, this is the thing that gets me every single time when we talk about Clemson. They had a down year last year. They did not look like your typical Clemson team. And they still won the ACC championship. And they destroyed the team that got to the ACC championship in North Carolina. I think that's the best case scenario. I think it's a likely scenario for Clemson. Worst case is Garrett Riley, Cade Klubnick, the marriage doesn't work out. And really, we probably put that on the QB. And I know you think there's a real chance of that happening, Wes. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, I think that Cade Klubnick, I've been saying that I'm definitely not a 
huge proponent of thinking he's going to be successful. Not that I don't want him to be. I just haven't seen the requisite tools for him to think that he's going to be an uber successful quarterback. If I were to go best case scenario for Clemson, I'm with you 100 percent. I would go with them making the college football playoffs and making it to uh, the championship game because that's what we've come to know from Clemson uh, in recent memory as far as them getting to the college football playoffs and making a little bit of noise. Their last couple of times, they have not as they got uh, decimated by LSU. And then when they lost to uh, Alabama under Kelly Bryant. But uh, other than that, I think the worst case scenario for Clemson is that they uh, don't win an ACC championship. The ninth under Dabo Sweeney, if that is elusive for them and they end up not uh, losing or not beating an FSU or Duke, who I have uh, in the ACC championship game. But if Florida State or some other team not named Clemson wins it, I don't think that's a good look for them because they have dominated. They've lived in Charlotte pretty much at the end of the year. They could almost put it on their schedule uh, as far as just saying the ACC championship game. That's how often they've been here to play for it. So moving on to oh, I did have another Clemson fan or question I should say okay. Andrea Adelson wrote about the Clemson portion of this article mm-hmm. and she said the more surprising low floor would be a 9-1 season for Clemson given the strength of the team returning Clemson should win at least 10 games yet again I know you have Duke beating Clemson in the season opener and I know you're also not that high on Cade Klubnick what does that mean for you in totality of what you expect from Clemson this year? Like, what? Because I know you've got the worst case scenario, but if they lose to Duke, then you're really talking about only one other loss that they can afford. And man, maybe not even another one if you're talking about college football playoff. Like that's the only one you can lose. And at least it would help you because it happens at the beginning of the season. That always helps you. Yeah, it just seems like overall you're lower on this Clemson team than Everybody else, even if they're ranked ninth, which is lower than what we've come to see the last few years. Yeah, the thing about it is, like I said, it's just the quarterback play and the and the skilled talent around it, the wide receivers, Bo Collins and the crew. I do like Antonio Williams. I feel like the non-conference schedule is definitely a cakewalk for them when you talk Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic. Then you've got uh, South Carolina as well, their annual rival, which they lost to, and they have to go to Columbia. So that could be a tricky scenario for the Tigers. And then Notre Dame is also uh, included as a non-conference opponent. So that's their big, quote-unquote, big non-conference matchup uh, for them. But I think that the the talent overall, like I said, that Florida State is, is still a wait-and-see approach on them. I'm not quite believing in them just yet as well. And they get them at home. But I do think that they should be able to – I think they lose to Duke to start the season, and then they play each other again in the ACC championship. And, I mean, it's just hard to go against the Tigers in that scenario. And I do think Clemson uh, is better – than Florida State. So uh, I think they can get adequate play out of Kate Klubnick. I'm just not sure if he's the superstar that many people want him to be at this point. Yeah, I feel you on that. All right, so what do we have for North Carolina? What do you think their best case and worst case scenario is with them coming in as the number 19 ranked team in the country? I think this is another team that you're talking about them starting off the season in the AP Top 25. You've got Drake May, a guy that many people consider to be a Heisman contender, look at as a guy that could be uh, a top two NFL draft pick. So I think for them, the best case scenario for the Heels is that uh, they get some of that 
that unproven talent for them to step up, especially at the wide receiver position. We don't know if Tez is going to be reinstated, Tez Walker, that is. But as far as just their guys being able to step up, Drake May has a tremendous season. And then North Carolina is able to get back to Charlotte and win an ACC championship game. I'm not sure. I I do think if they are able to get to that point and win an ACC championship game, what that looks like as far as record-wise, we will reveal all of that when we go over their – their team week and we look at what they've got going but I think for them getting to Charlotte winning an ACC championship New Year's six bowl not quite sure if them winning the league will result in a college football playoff appearance but I think that's the best case I think the worst case scenario is a wash rinse repeat of what happened with Sam Howe when I said he came into the season with a lot of unknown skill talent unproven skill talent and they played like it offensive line continued to give up a lot of sacks like the 40 that they did last year and they struggle and limp their way to a bowl game to which Drake May does not choose to play in because he does not want to get himself hurt for the NFL draft in a 6-7 win season. So it's still a bowl eligible season is worst case scenario for you for North Carolina? I think so. I think they've got enough talent to get to a bowl game. I would be very surprised if they missed a bowl game. Wide range for me man. Now, this is it's a wide range fitting I know obviously with you covering this team I want your opinion on this as well but David Hale of ESPN he writes if all else is the same this year but the close game luck that they had last season is just a bit worse there's a formula for a five or seven five and seven or six and six campaign where they're right teetering on bowl eligibility here's the thing it's an easy scenario to see the defense not improving a crazy amount Maybe it's in one of those, well, it can only go up because of how bad they were, but it doesn't have to be good, especially with you losing some of the skill players. And if Tez Walker doesn't play, now you have to even bring that into the situation. So if, if we're having this conversation before Tez Walker, I wonder if we're having a little bit of a different conversation too. But now you have to bring out possibly one of the better wide receivers on this roster. I think you have a big old wide range for North Carolina. Best case scenario, Drake May wrecks the league and he gets to the ACC championship because he's the second best quarterback in the entire country. Worst case scenario is offensive line's not very good. The skill talent can't replace what they lost from the previous season. The defense isn't great, which is all possible. And they're barely hanging on to bowl hopes. What do you think best case, worst case is, Fiddy? I I mean, best case, I think, is get back to Charlotte, compete more and go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Like, I, I don't see a scenario where this program is going to the college football playoff. Right. But what you said about worst-case scenario isn't out of the picture here. If you go back to last year, and everybody was getting on me because I wasn't enjoying the 9-1 start, but it was a 9-1 start with close wins over bad to mediocre football teams. And, and so I said at some point, that's going to catch up with you. And it did. You lose at home to Georgia Tech. You lose at home to a fourth-string quarterback from NC State. You come to Charlotte. You get the you get the brakes beaten off of you. You compete against Oregon. And look, Carolina's schedule this year isn't any easier. South Carolina week one, no joke. App State's already gone to Keenan Stadium and won before since Mac Brown has come back. They're not going to be intimidated by the scene. You've got Duke, who's much improved. You got to go to Clemson and you got to play NC State. So if 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 it all goes wrong. Four and eight, five and seven. As great as Drake is, he's, in my opinion, he's the second best quarterback in the in the country. 
But if, if, if the supporting cast doesn't support him, this thing could go terribly wrong. All right, so now we're going to look at the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and what is the best and worst case for them. I think best case scenario for Wake Forest, I think it's a lot like what we talked about during our team week with them. An eight or nine win season, they get into that top six in the conference and go to a nice bowl game. Uh, I think that's what we're looking at with this Wake Forest team. There's just a lot of unproven there. You're talking about Mitch Griffiths, who I like a lot, but we've yet to see him step into the arena week in, week out to be able to start. We talked about the tough stretches of their schedule, then also losing Donovan Green, even though they have a fantastic uh, receiver room. That didn't help a lot for them to lose him. So that that's going to hurt a little bit there. They've got to uh, also just find a little bit of defense somewhere, man. That that defense is what really scares me the most about this crew, and they've got some turnover there. So I'm going to go with eight to nine wins, or I'll just be more decisive. Eight wins for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons to me is the best-case scenario for them this year. Worst case is this is a team that if it doesn't come together, if Mitch Griffiths isn't what I think he can be, uh, if this defense continues to give up a ton of points, that this is a team that misses a bowl game, and this would be the first time in quite some time under Coach Clawson. Yeah, worst-case scenario is things you haven't experienced before happening, which is the QB not taking the baton and running with it, which has happened every time they've moved off of a good QB, whether it's John Walford to Jamie Newman to Sam Hartman. It doesn't matter. They've had a QB that actually flirts with high-profile football and is an NFL draft prospect or making it to a training camp. Now Sam Hartman didn't go to the NFL, but he's going to Notre Dame. Okay, good enough starting QB to go there. They've answered that absence at QB every single time. And Mitch Griffiths, he gives us reason to believe that he can do it because he looks like the real deal. Maybe not Sam Hartman numbers, but I believe in Mitch Griffiths. We've talked about this even during their team week. So the worst-case scenario is – Everything was fool's gold with him with the very limited amount of throws that he's had and relief of Sam Hartman. And the defense doesn't create any more turnovers that you mentioned. 29 turnovers two years ago, 16 last year, mm-hmm. 13 less. How many ball games does that mean for you? Like 13 less turnovers. That's a lot. And yet you're still going bowling because of just how good that offense was last year. I, I am one that, of course, with me, being the homer that I am with the ACC team weeks that we've been doing, right? I've just been on the positive side of all of this. I do think that the the, the best case scenario for Wake Forest, it's going to get closer to that than the worst case. I believe in that coaching staff too. Dave Clawson, top three coach in the ACC with coach what he was Sierra. given when he j- jumps in, right? You know, I like the offensive coordinator. So yeah, I expect them to have another eight win type of season, getting close to it, seven win type season. Worst case though, you're right. Defense doesn't show up. Mitch Griffiths, he can't perform after Sam Hartman and they miss a bowl game for the first time. The NC State Wolfpack, I see their best case scenario being Brendan Armstrong comes in. He and coach Robert and I captured the beautiful music they made together in Virginia when they were lighting up scoreboards, chewing up yardage. They get to an ACC championship game here in Charlotte. Don't quite see a college football playoffs for them. Them possibly getting to a New Year's Six Bowl game and everything as well in Raleigh. 
and everything worked out and they made the right moves. And I'll throw in a bonus, MJ Morris stays. Worst case scenario, Brennan Armstrong is still the same guy that last season threw seven touchdowns to 12 interceptions. He ends up getting bench uh, for MJ Morris. And then the state team struggles and this defense taking a step back from one of the best units in all of college football last season, second in the ACC in scoring and total defense. And this team, I would say, has a middling season to where they win six to seven games and barely make a bowl game. Yeah, here we are talking about the wide range of outcomes for North Carolina. NC State, you have that with your quarterback alone. So now here we are with the marriage of the offensive coordinator and the QB that we already saw in Virginia. Worst case is, if you go to his success at Virginia, solely being on... Actually, pretty good wide receiver play that you talked about when we were discussing Brennan Armstrong earlier this year. Mm-hmm. You had some guys that were drafted, undrafted, but making training camps. They were productive wide receivers mm-hmm. over in uh, in Charlottesville for the last couple of years. And then the offensive line not being the sole reason as to why Brennan Armstrong produced at a much worse level. I mean, it's it's crazy. The kind of production he had two years ago compared to what he had with Tony Elliott's first season, um, him being the head coach with the Virginia Cavaliers. So I think that's the offense you look at. Can Brennan get closer to what he was in 2021 compared to what he was in 2022? The defense is, is the defensive line going to take a step back and allow themselves to get run on a little bit more? Because they've been a very good rushing defense really under Tony Gibson last year, this is a team that only allowed 100.7 rushing yards per game. Okay. That was among the best marks in all of the ACC, the defensive line with us talking about that being the X factor. Maybe you don't have guys step up and all right, well we can't use the cornerbacks to our advantage because every team can just run on us easily. And it's not the NFL. You can win a lot of football games running the football way more than passing. Right. And so if you can't really take advantage of your great cornerback tandem, and you just get run on constantly, or at least better than what other teams have been able to do in the past, then I think that's going to be a downside. Best case scenario, it'll be simple. Brandon Armstrong gets close to what he was in 2021. The defensive line does step up, and we're talking about like a four-win difference. Yeah, and so then now you look at the Duke Blue Devils and their best case scenario. I know for me, I voted them number two. Uh, I think their best case is, again, getting to Charlotte, proving the doubt is wrong because when you look at uh, the Vegas Insider or whichever book you want to look at, their over-under win total is at six and a half. So I think that if they're able to get to Charlotte, tougher schedule for them this season, I think that will be tremendous. And in best case is them winning an ACC championship, getting to a New Year's Six game. This is not a team I would think that would get to a college football playoff, like I've said with some of the other programs. And again, the worst case for them is uh, West Bryant looks totally wrong. Uh, Riley Leonard definitely comes out, and it's not uh, the player that we've seen from him. This Duke team just totally lays an egg due to the pressure and what some people feel like that they could be with all of the talent they have. And worst case for them, I think they have enough talent to still make a bowl game regardless. So I think worst case for them is them uh, teetering into that win total, six, six and a half. Obviously, you can't win a half a game, but six to seven wins for them and getting to an okay bowl game. Well, yeah, defense probably has the biggest variance with them with some of the guys not returning like you do have a great offensive line coming back with Graham Barton, Riley Leonard coming back, Jalen Calhoun, who we had a chance to talk with. So I don't think there's a lot of variance with the offense. I expect them to be good again. Offense coordinator, Mike Elko being a good coach. I do expect him being a defensive minded guy. 
I don't really expect them to be worse according to the eye test. Worst case scenario for me is that the schedule is a lot worse for them this mm -hmm. year, and that's what bites them. And so even if they finish with less wins than they had last year, they might be a good football team or even a better football team still because now you have continuity. You're in the second year of a system with Mike Elko and having the same guys coming back, so many returnees, but they have less wins because the schedule is a lot harder. Does the schedule bite them or are they here for the tougher schedule? And that's the biggest question. So it's not even to me a big old variance, wide range of outcomes that you have with North Carolina, that you have with the OC and the QB with NC State. It's really all about, hell, they could be competitive in all these losses. Yeah, They could be performing really well against some of these better teams in the ACC and still come out, uh, still come out short because those teams are just really good. Yeah, that that's the sucky part about this for Duke going forward. Yeah, and so I'm going to, uh, in the segment, we are up against it, but I definitely wanted to throw the Charlotte 49ers in there. I think best case scenario for them uh, is that they uh, obviously compete. And I think for Biff Pogey in his first season, I think just make a bowl game. I think there's nowhere to go up nowhere to go but up after as bad as that defense was. Mm -hmm. so I think if you're able to take this team from just a laughing stock last season, get them to a bowl game, I think that's best case scenario. I think the worst is the saga continues. Defense is horrible. All of these transfers don't end up becoming too much for you. And uh, yeah, people are looking at you after all the trash you talk this season like a fraud. It's the only scenario that's going to happen. They reach the championship game. <laughs> Biff Pogey is correct in telling all these voters and the filmmakers that are creating this documentary that you better be ready for 15 games. Everything comes to fruition. We win the championship and we celebrate with the Haagen-Dazs hog mollies. That's the only scenario I see happening for the Charlotte 49ers team West. Alright, well when we come back, we close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wild food takes in the studio. So, you know, that's how we're going to end it with the Wes and Walker walk off. All right. So Flounder comes in last segment with a big old box of pizza. Sal's pizza. A lot of people think that's the best pizza in Charlotte. I have seen that take quite a bit. Really? That's what people say. I don't I'm not giving you a take like that. I just see that a lot. I mean, you people can feel free to text in. You guys can say something else. You like Sapienza? Yeah, Sapienza and Charlotte's our go-to place. Big Mia Familia guys, that's out in Hemby Bridge. Uh, can't go wrong. Basante, Lorenzo's is fantastic. 
you're you're giving Wes evidence for his take, though. No, it's not though, <laughs> because they all taste a little bit different. They all do the things very different, and there are some there are some places that I don't overly enjoy to eat mm-hmm, because it is different, right? I, I'm totally with you on this, and and this is we had, we had another take from Wes that makes me question his taste buds. And this is a man that loves food. He's a former offensive lineman. He still loves food to this day, and yet. He thinks that all New York pizza tastes the same. Every single one of those slices. And then he also hit us with a all Mexican food. It tastes the same. You've been to one, you've been to them all. I mean, that's the brother. food is good, but you've been to one, you've been to them all, man. They all serve you the same stuff. It's all the, the same. Sauce is I've different. been to so many different ones. Yeah, now the salsa is different. The I, queso I can get, is different. In some place, no, it's not. It's Their tortillas are it's different. Not. No, oh, it's man, not. Queso can be real same. different. It's Their all corn is different. You can even have different tortillas, especially tortillas. They yeah, can be want a flour, same thing. <laughs> you know, the, the, the way that they make certain dishes, it might be labeled the same, but they make them different. No, I mean, it's to me. And so this all stemmed from actually me seeing that Cantina 1511 on Park Road closed down. That's what you said. Like going out of business closed down? That started. I didn't read enough of it. All I saw was closed on social media. So Cantina 1511 right by the crib, no longer. And it's a little bit fancier take on what Mexican food is. And Wes was saying, look, it doesn't matter. You know, everything is going to be all the same. I would say even especially with a canteen of 1511. And it's good, though. That's the different. thing that always gets but overlooked when I say these nope. things. When I say that about the pizza place, I said they're all very good, but they all taste the, the same. You're, no, this is – and this is what I want to make clear because we've done this before. You are so worried about us thinking you don't like New York pizza. We understand the task. Well, people we just hear all taste the same. No, we understand the assignment. Uh-huh. You like New York pizza, uh-huh. and you like Mexican food. You yes. think it's good. Yes, I do. That's out of the way. <laughs> what we disagree with is your specific take that it all tastes the same. That is not true. New York pizza can taste different. You got different, better places, even if they're all under the New York pizza umbrella. Mm-hmm. And Mexican food restaurants... They are different. That's why people have their favorites here and there. Well, New York Pizza Spots, if you're out there listening, send us pizza. Send us one every day. Oh, and then, yeah. And, and, and I'll nice try job, them, Wes. and I'll tell you if I, if I think it's different than any other New York Pizza place I've ever had. All right. So can we get the Eric? Can you, you give see us what a, I did there, Fitty? No, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Eric, <laughs> our friend that we haven't seen in a long time, <laughs> is <friend>. actually. <laughs> our, well, he's just behind the glass. He's he's watching in a front row seat. We appreciate it. He stopped it. in his tracks at my take. Yeah, it, he did. He did. Thumbs up on Wes's take. Or thumbs down. What can you What can you give us? Because thumbs up. Thank you. All Thank you, dog. The same. You've been the one. You've been to them all. Oh, that's not wow. true. You're gonna sit there and say Cantina 15. Oh my god! Like Taco you might Bell have some that are, you, you can have some that that might be bad. But I've been to a lot of Mexican restaurants, and I definitely look at ratings and reviews before I go. I've been to some of the best places. My girlfriend lives for Mexican food. She loves them. She's eaten at so many different places. She agrees with me. You've been to one. You've been to them all. There's no different. Well, I mean, look, she can love Mexican food and still be wrong about how all of them taste the same. Because I myself am a connoisseur. Same and beans. very different. Same beans. Same rice. Man, same you can't even fajitas. Do a lot of different stuff with the beans. Same fajitas. Same corn, flour tortillas, same okay, hard just, shell tacos. It's we can all do the this same. with anything. Every steakhouse is the same. No, same not steak. that is not different. I mean, is, look, is, I agree. Is every country cooking the same? Because I've, I've, no. I've had 38 different fried chicken places. Ain't none of them taste the same. That's right. It's very different. So the same applies to Mexican flour, food. same chicken, yeah, same breading. Same you know, they fry it the same amount of time. Uh, it, you see, we're about to break you down. No, you're not breaking me. We're about to make you feel very... uh, (laughs) You're not. 
very, I don't want to call you dumb. No, it's not. Chicken, yeah, please don't. Because chicken can have different textures. It can be seasoned differently with different seasonings. So it depends on where and you Mexican go. Some places, places can do that when they make yeah, the I've yet to taste one. How many times do you do you just go to the same one now? No, I go to multiple to ones. <laughs> like when my girl, she loves it. We go to multiple. We have probably about a rotation of three. Then why? But why? Why go to the different, different ambiance? <laughs> That's what it is. It's uh, different ambiance or wherever is most convenient for where we are at the moment. All right. Let's hear some of the text on this matter. Trash man. Trash man wrote in, Wes, you better go to Miguel's off Little Rock Road. Make you slap your mama. It's the best in Charlotte. I've been to Miguel's. Miguel's is very good. It's been a long time since I've been there, <laughs> but it is fantastic. Yes. Moose saying the same thing. I think he might have wrote it in. Taco Bell, Cantina 1511. Can't be the same, man. <laughs> okay, all right, Taco Bell. Gotcha. Come on, man, don't play me. No, gotcha. That's the ace in the hole. I'm taking that point, and I'm running with it. And then the pizza take is, too. Real quickly, the other one is, um, my girlfriend is living her best life right now, and I wanted to bring this to the table. It's the fact that she actually upgraded first class on her flight to New York. And so I've never done that before. Oh, the only time I've ever got upgraded to first class is when I was a kid and doing the whole unaccompanied minor thing. And they wanted me to be closer to the flight attendants. And so if there was an open seat, they'd bring me there free of charge. But I didn't get a chance to really experience it. You, Mr. Bougie, pinky out. Oh, here you go. With all your pizza that tastes the same and all your Mexican food that tastes the same as well. Uh-huh. You've had the chance to fly first class and you're all about it. Yes, I have. Upgrade. If I can get a decently priced. Uh, upgrade. I'll do it. When I went to Miami by myself a couple of years ago, uh, I did get the alert that came in that I could upgrade for like 40 or $50. Mm-hmm. Did it. Got the nice roomy seat. Got the chill. Get off the plane first. It's great. I need to go first class one of these you days. You need to, man. But then again, people are going to think I'm boo- Oh my, I just did it again to my girlfriend. I told her the other day. Well, Walker, that, that ship has sailed. I know. <laughs> You're so right. Well, it's not even me. It's specifically Olivia because she is the one. Yeah, I'm telling you. (laughs) No, the sous vide. Sous vide. By the way, Chandler Savala. Oh, wait. Before we get out of here, I cannot let this ride. Jeremy from Concord via the 304. I'm with Wes on the Mexican food. It all takes. All right. Okay. okay. So there's too many texts for me to read before we end (laughs) that disagrees with one Wes Bryant. That'll do it. Wes and Walker, we're out of here. Keep hanging out with us on Sports Radio 92.7. Invite us to the Mexican places and prove us different. That's what I say. Invite us out for free meals, the Weston Walker Show. We'll do a vlog. Yeah, just send us all sorts of food. See, I'm hooking us up. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's Wes's ploy this entire time. Stay tuned. Kyle (laughs) Bailey, Smoke Ludwig. They're coming up next.